Good morning, and welcome to everyone, uh, both those in the physical audience here and those that are joining us by live stream or by pre-recorded version, however that is, we're glad that you're here with us. So uh, times uh, seem a little unsettled. Uh, we're kind of settled maybe into a little bit of a routine on the COVID thing, but still not quite comfortable with that. And I think we're, nobody's really comfortable with what the end game is on that. And now we're having uh, demonstrations for justice uh, happening and, and everything in that way is not going smooth, not the way that uh, maybe we would have done it ourselves. Uh, I think it's important to not let unsettled times get us too far off center as Christians. We know that the world is broken and uh, we know that God is our redeemer. We, we can rest on those truths. So I hope this worship service this morning will be kind of a time of refuge where we can uh, come together, we can, we can get in closer connection with God through our worship, and that will center us back on, on uh, the lives that we can live to be lights in this world, even if the world is a little unsettled around us. Uh, so just a few announcements. Uh, of course, uh, it's better to teach a person to fish than to give them a fish, so... On announcements, the best way to stay connected to what's happening here at the Lake Jackson Church of Christ uh, is, of course, uh, go to our website, ljchurch.org. There's all kinds of resources on there. There's announcements about what's going on, and there's links to other things. Another avenue you can take to get uh, some of the same information and maybe more heavily focused on announcements for a particular day is our Facebook page. So you can go to the Lake Jackson Church of Christ Facebook page. Uh, we also have the, the, for those that are here on Sunday morning, we have a hard copy carrying and sharing. That's our traditional way of sharing announcements. And that's also available as a resource through those other electronic means. So you can get it electronically as well. So stay connected. Uh, one last way is if you, if you got a phone, and who doesn't have a phone, sign up for the text message service. And uh, it's very easy to do. Just text that number in and get signed up and you'll get you'll get regular communications on what's going on in the life of the church uh, so may is our focus uh missionary focus on uh the work of uh joaquin reyes Parra and dominican republic and that work continues uh even they they have pretty much the same unsettling factors going on there and maybe a lot worse with just their normal life but that missionary work continues and is being successful i just real quick picked off his facebook page even through this crisis, we are preaching the gospel in order to people to come to Jesus and to be baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. So that work is continuing, and I encourage you to be in prayer for that work. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a difficult part of the world to live in, uh, both when the DR and with the Haitian refugees, and he's working with both of, both of those groups, and I, I encourage you to support that. Um, so by way back to announcements, I would we do have an important announcement about the Kids for Christ ministry, and I would like uh, Kevin Hunter to come and share with us on that. Thanks, Craig. We're excited um, to go ahead and start kicking off our Kids for Christ uh, Wednesday night program this Wednesday. And so I want to give you a little bit more details related to that. You see some on the screen. Um, so June 3rd. We will kick it off and we'll start at 6 o'clock and go till 7.30. So we'll have an hour and a half with the kids. Um, I bet you didn't know that we had a back porch on our, um, on our church here. So let me point you to the back porch. In front of the office area here, that, that area there, we're going to be meeting out there. We'll have tables um, and we'll have some 
um, covering as well to keep it a little bit cooler out there. So we'll meet out outside there. Um, as far as the age groups, it's going to be split. So the, on June 3rd, we'll have the four-year-olds through the third graders meet. On June 10th, we'll have the um, Bible arts for the ages fourth grade through sixth grade, and then we'll alternate every other week. Okay, so June 3rd will be four-year-old through third grade. June 10th will be um, the fourth grade through the sixth grade. So just a few other notes here to make, make sure that you feel comfortable with this. We will be maintaining social distancing. If there's a child or children of the same family, they'll be able to stay close together. All other ones will be six feet apart from them. We'll have uh, volunteers that will be masked and uh, healthy, helping the kids to understand they need to maintain that social distancing. Any crafts or activities and games that we uh, do will also maintain that social distancing as well. We do want to make sure that we are um, doing everything possible to, um, to make this as safe as possible and hope that you feel that way as well. If you do have any questions about this, don't hesitate to reach out to Taylor Walling, our summer intern, or to Jamie Hunter. Thank you. I just want to extend my personal thanks to the children's ministry team for finding a way to make this uh, work. It's, our children are important to us, and, and uh, we don't want to take a time out from that ministry at all. One neat thing of fact about our children's ministry is the, uh, the kids' gift bucket that we normally do when we're all here physically. That, that goes to the, directly to support the schools in the DR that Joaquin's working with. So, so kids, y'all are doing a great job. Uh, with that, I would like to invite everybody to stand and join in song as we begin our worship. Thank you. Precious cornerstone, sure foundation, you are
shall assemble on the mountain. We shall assemble at the throne with humble hearts into his presence. We bring an offering of song, glory and honor and dominion unto the Lamb, unto the King. Welcome everybody here at uh, church. It's good to see you all and, and uh, for those that are uh, at home watching this too. Um, this Christmas uh, I got a book about Thomas Edison and one of the things I learned while reading that book was that Thomas Edison when he was fairly young uh, was a telegraph operator and he would send the telegraphs down uh, the line from one train station to the other and uh, communicating that way, and, and some of his early inventions had to do with repeating a telegraph sending from one station to the other. But that is, you know, humans, as humans here, we're always trying to improve our communication here. We've got new tools to do that. We've got live streaming that we're doing here, communicating, and we've got Zoom meetings. But one tool that uh, we've always had, and, and it's very important that we use it today, is prayer. And so today, so what I'd like to do now is go to God in prayer. God, we want to humble ourselves before you and recognize you as the creator of all things, the provider of all things, and all-powerful. We want to thank you for all that you have provided us. We ask that you be with the world now, especially as we try to return to some form of normal. We don't know how long it will take or what the new normal will look like, but we ask that you guide the world leaders and and the leaders here on the local level as they make decisions. Be with the first responders in this battle and, and the essential workers as, as we need to function as a society. We ask that you fill them with your peace and spirit and that, you turn, that we turn to you for answers as we go through these times. Also, we want to uh, remember that uh, Joaquin Reyes-Pera, who, who we support as a missionary in San Diego, in Santiago, Dominican Republic. We ask that uh, the work that he does there continues and, and is to be productive and, and to bring more people to Christ. God, we ask that you bless, <coughs> excuse me. God, we ask that you bless those that are here at church and those that are watching at home. Fill them with your spirit and comfort them. We recognize <coughs> as many, <coughs> excuse me, 
We recognize that many may have health issues and economic issues from the virus, and we ask that you touch them with your healing hand and provide for their needs. Help show us how we can better help those people and, and, and further your work here. Uh, we ask that you be with us at worship this morning. Let the technology work as it's supposed to so that uh, your message is delivered effectively and fill those that are listening with and with your message and, and fill them with the spirit. And for those that are bringing your message, we ask that you be with them also. We look, let us look toward you today and in the coming weeks so that we can accept your will in these times. We thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And it's his name we pray, amen. kids. It's good to see you again. You know what? I've figured out since we've been apart and not been able to be together and not been able to reach out and touch each other for so long, I've figured out that hugs are even better than I thought they were. It's one reason that I think y'all are really part of my family and I hope in some way I'm part of your family as well. Jesus talks about you and me being family with each other, but also he talks about the fact that we are family with him. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus is teaching some people in a house, and someone comes up and says, your mother and brothers and sisters are outside. And Jesus looks around at the people that are there in the room with him, and he says, you know, it's the people who love God and obey God. They're truly my brothers and sisters, and, and even my mother? It's a little weird, but... That's what he said. So we're all part of that family. The whole Bible, from the very beginning until the last words that tells us about what is going to come, pushes the idea and promotes the idea of God's people being like a family. A little later in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, right at the end of the chapter, Jesus is telling a parable about how 
people who have loved and obeyed God and served others are, uh, are being rewarded by Jesus. And they say, wait a minute, when have we ever served and loved and helped you, Jesus? And Jesus says, you know what? Anytime you do it to, and he uses this word, my brothers and sisters, he even uses an emphatic language, the least of my brothers and sisters, you're doing it to me. When we obey God and love God by loving and helping and being kind to the people that are part of our church family or anyone who loves God, it's a very special way in which God says, you're loving me. Jesus says, you're loving me by loving my, and then he uses that word, my brothers and sisters. So how can you help our family? Lots of ways. Taylor, last week in her Bible adventure, was encouraging us to write cards to some of the parts of our family who can't get out of their nursing homes or their assisted living, or maybe they're just staying at home to be safe. They're not getting out, and they would really appreciate a card from you. Yes, I know, you have to write it, you have to stamp it, you have to put the right address on it and put it in the mailbox, but it, that extra effort is not just taking care of them. Again, remember what Jesus said, it's taking care of Jesus. Well, maybe as opposed to a phone card or in addition to a, a card, you might make a phone call. You might pick up your phone, might ask your parents if you can borrow their phone and call, let's think about this, maybe call one of your Bible class teachers or call all of your Bible class teachers and tell them how much you've missed being with them this spring. I know that they would love that. Or maybe there are some ways that you could safely help some people. Maybe go to their home and clean up outside the house or something akin to that. Maybe they could use their windows washed. Who knows what little things you could do, still be safe, still be distant, and love on God's family, and therefore loving God. You know, it's really special the way that we're part of a, a real physical family, but we're also part of a church family. And when those two things come together, where our physical family is part of our church family, then it's just extra special. I want to ask you to do something special for me for your physical family. I want you to reach out and give your mom and dad a big, huge hug and tell them how much you appreciate the extra effort that they're going through while these really, really unusual times are going on. Whether it's their effort to protect you and keep you safe and not exposed to the virus, or maybe their extra efforts to make sure that school and your learning process goes well, or the very special way in which they've stepped in to be the people who have been your Bible class teachers during this time. You know what? Maybe not one of these big, huge bear hugs, but maybe just one of those little side hugs. Reach out and give your brother or sister a hug and say, I'm glad we're in this family together. I'm glad you're my brother. I'm glad you're my sister. Yeah, I know it's tough, but you can do it. I'm sure you can. One way that being part of a church family is a little taste, a little gl glimpse of heaven is the reason that when we get to heaven, it's going to be one big, huge family and there's going to be hugs all around. I can't wait to run up and give Abraham a hug and tell him thank you for being faithful. I want to run up and give Ruth a hug and say thank you for being faithful. But maybe most of all, I, I want to run up 
and I want to give Jesus a hug and say thank you. I want to run up and give God a hug and say thank you. I'm looking forward to that day. I'm looking forward to being there with you as one big happy family. Let's here we go one more time. Big, reach out your arms real big and reach around. Oh, there it is. Not as good as when we'll be back together. And we will be back together. And I can't wait to be back together. Lay your burden down every I will be reading Isaiah chapter 11, verses 6 through 9. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, and the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed, the, feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea.
no, ooh, there it is. Wow, okay. Good morning again. Now everyone can hear me. Despite not being in the market for a house, I love looking at houses. I get emails from Zillow every day, and I just love strolling through them, and I can see instantly on the first picture. The, the picture is important, right? The first picture you see, whether you want to continue looking at it or not. There are certain things in a design of a house that really are important to me. And again, I'm not looking. I just like it. I just enjoy it. If the first picture is important and it, it grabs my attention, if the garage doesn't take up too much of the front of the house, because that, that bothers me. Uh, more than anything else, that bothers me. Then I'll click and look to see if the floor plan flows and see what it looks like. And I just, I just love to dream. And I think we would all agree we all have our dream house. Maybe you would like a smaller house and that, that part is fine but you really want the, the large yard. Maybe you want something a little bigger um, that you can park your luxury cars and have your garden parties, your, your swimming pool. And maybe you just want something a little more normal. And I, I love this image of the house. Um, I, I personally like brick houses. They feel more secure to me. I grew up in a brick house and it feels sturdy. Uh, storm comes through, it's not gonna blow over. Um, the three little piggies are gonna be fine. Um, and for me, brick just seems more comfortable, but doesn't that look beautiful? Doesn't that just look warm and cozy? And the thing I love about this, besides the, the white picket fence, which is just a typical American thing in my mind, um, the veranda. I love the veranda. And I didn't realize that many homes around the world stopped being built with verandas after the Second World War. And it was pretty common to have a veranda around your house. So when people were walking their dog or just taking their stroll, they would come up to the veranda if you were sitting there in the evening, sitting on your sweet tea, or if you're really weird, unsweet tea. Um, and there would be this community. And then when you would go for your walk, you would visit with the neighbors in your community. Lisa and I, we live on a corner lot, as many of you know, and we like sitting on our back porch. And we get to see the, the traffic and the people walking and running past on the side of our house. So although we're in the back, we still get, we still have that community. And we'll wave and people will wave back and and they'll, they'll look to see the dog chasing at them. The gate stops Riley from attacking them, um, ankle biting, you know. Um, but but we, we love being a part of this community where Zoe can play in the backyard and we still get to wave to our neighbors. It's important to us because we're reminded that we are a part of something. We're not coming home, shutting the door, and being alone. The contact we have isn't very much with our neighbors. Like I said, it's a wave, it's a, it's a hi, how are you doing? And sometimes we get a response and most of the time we both say, hey, how are you doing? And we don't actually answer each other. Like, it happens, right? But it's a reminder that we are a part of this community. 
and we get to look out for those around us. And I really cherish those times where we get to see and be a part of something greater. As I said, I enjoy living in this community, but I know that I will, um, I will enjoy much more living in the community of heaven. The songs that we've sung uh, have all been really pointing toward what that will look like. And I believe heaven will be a global fellowship. People of all walks of life, the rich, the poor, men and women, black, white, brown, all races, all languages. And I personally believe, and forgive me if this upsets anyone, that there will be in heaven people that attend churches that do not say Church of Christ over the door. I, I'm a chaplain for hospice, and there was a, a family member of one of my patients who told me, you know, I like to picture heaven this way. We'll come up, we'll see Peter at the pearly gates, he'll let us in, and there's going to be this really long hallway. And down the hallway, on one side of the wall, there's going to be doors, and it's going to have the different churches that people attend. You look for that right door, and you're going to go in. And you're going to realize you're all entering the same room. And I really like that concept. Now, I don't know if that's really what it's going to look like. I don't know if we're going to have our own mansions or our own little cottages. I don't know what's, what it's really going to be like. But what I love about this idea is because here on earth we are so divided. Do we have microphones? Do we not? Do we have PowerPoint? Do we not? Do we, do we have instruments? Do we not? And there are so many things that divide and cause schisms within the church and within the world at large. We strive and we seek and we, er we earnestly need community, but we want community our way. And that's what causes schisms and divisions and upset What I appreciate about heaven and the image that is so often described is this meal, this, this feast. And it's often described as a wedding feast. And what I love about it is there's going to be all these people from all walks of life looking different, sounding different, and we're going to be able to understand each other and we're going to just be united with the provision that God has given and I love the idea of wedding feasts because you think about it, you're bringing, you're uniting two different families together as well as their friends and their um, neighbors and whoever else. And these two groups are becoming one through this, this wedding. And what better way to bring people together than food? We love our food. Um, as soon as we can get back to having potlucks, I am gonna be here right there, and I know many of you will be too, because we love food bringing us together. What I love about this idea is when we are filled, when we've been filled with the food, everything else might be falling apart, but we're okay. We've been filled. 
We may be homeless, but if we're not hungry, we can get through it. We may be hot and really bothered because of the weather, but we've got food, we'll get through it. And the food being filled makes us feel right. And when we are filled, we have no needs. Second Corinthians chapter 8, uh, verse 13 and 14 read, Our desire is not that others might be re relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there may be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. This idea of if you have plenty, help those who don't, and then when you don't have enough, somebody will help you. It's equality. Heaven is often described as there being a great feast. And like, like I said, what better things to bring us together than food? And I can't imagine what the feast will look like when God provides the food. I mean, if I've seen and I've tasted some of y'all's cooking, I can't imagine what God's cooking is going to be like. Just dreaming about it is amazing to me. But think about sitting around that table, tasting that, that glorious food, and having great conversation. And I quickly learned after leaving home that I could have a, an amazing roast, an amazing roast dinner. You've got your roast potatoes, your, your beef, or your, your pork, or whatever you want. Um, with gravy poured all over it, brown gravy. Um, but eating that by yourself does not taste as good as jam on toast with friends. It's the community that makes the food taste better. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42 says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold properties and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke their bread, sorry, they broke bread in their homes and ate together, and glad, uh, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord adds to their number daily those who are being saved. Let's look at this in a little more detail. Look at the community in this passage. If you want to jump to the next slide, look at this. They devoted themselves. There's a group of people here to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. You cannot fellowship by yourself. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Everything in common. They sold their possessions to give to anyone who had need. It's, again, if you're in need, we're going to help you. If I'm in need, I know you're going to help me. They broke bread in their homes. Again, this community, uh, not just let's go to the restaurant and eat. It was, come on in, be a part of my family. 
They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Church, this is the community we want to be a part of. This is the community of what heaven will be like. We're going to be helping each other out. We're going to be feeding one another. And we're just going to be there with each other in community, not locking ourselves in our homes going, well, I'm in heaven now. I'm going to watch Netflix. We're going to want to be in the community with one another, praising God, singing hymns to him. Do you see how much they have in common? Sharing meals. This feast is going to be amazing. We're going to want to share it. And again, it's going to be heaven with people from all walks of life. Heaven will be a fellowship of difference. Heaven will be this global fellowship village where the verandas are filled each evening with conversations among eternal neighbors. And I, I love that image. I just, I just can't get enough of picturing having a, a feast around the, the veranda with people coming and going. Scott McKnight describes this global village as, the God of Israel has addressed the Kosovo as my people and has called the Polish laborers the works of my hands. Mexicans have become Abraham's offspring and Koreans have been named heirs according to the promise. The Lord has assembled together the Scots and the Swedes, Iranians and the Navajos, and has addressed them saying, once you were no people, but now you are my people. Community is described as a group of people, I guess that's a little small, I apologize. Uh, a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common and a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Community is living in a common place together in unity. That's where we get common unity or community. The common place is what we get to share with the people around us despite differences. It's the despite differences which creates the unity. We acknowledge we don't sound or look or whatever the same, but that's what creates the unity. Despite the differences, we are able to cohabit and be together. The, common, the, the community neighborhood will be the new heaven and the new earth, or new Jerusalem. The common characteristics uh, is our love for the Lord for, and for all who will dwell there. Heaven will be a place where no injustices occur and where all injustices of the past will be set right. And the feeling of this fellowship that makes us blind to differences and yet still acknowledging them, the differences that cause fear, hate, and division on this earth will be celebrated because we're all made in God's image. Like JD read for us, and I appreciate that video, the wolf will lay down with the lamb. 
the leopard will lay down with a goat. And what's feared on this earth will not be feared in heaven. This week alone, there has been much conversation yet again because of the brutality of a small group of police thinking they can get away with something, which led to an unarmed man being murdered in the street in view of public people. Many are angry, and I believe rightly so. I don't want to go into a, any detail on this because I've not studied the event well enough to be able to comment well on it, but I do believe that people should be angry of the way things, were, things played out. Too many people have been hurt or killed because of their skin color, and there, there are communities all over this country finding one common unity in speaking out and wanting, no, needing to be heard. On this earth, the infant cannot play near the cobra's den. But in heaven, these things will be done away with. And I really want to encourage y'all to look toward heaven as a place where the peace will rest. There will be no more hate. There will be no more anger. There will be no more sin. The injustices will, of the past will be set right. And that is so important for us to remember. God remains center. The Lion of Judah and the Spirit dwell in the center. Heaven will be all of us attending while God, sorry, will be, heaven will be all of us attending to God while knowing one another in endless fellowship. Heaven will be a reconciliation of all. Everyone will be neighbors and be neighborly. We all will be free from the chain of the devil, and that includes sickness as well. The heaven of the Bible is all about God's, God's beloved community, watered by the river of God's grace, justice, and peace. Colossians 4 tells us, Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you have a master in heaven. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Look at these words. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair. We are created equally in God's eyes. We must treat everyone the way we want to be treated. Matthew 7, 12. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Be watchful and thankful. Look out for the community that you live in. And so YouTube land out there, that includes the, the communi community that you live in. Strive to be a blessing to the people around you. Serve their needs. Be thankful when people help serve your needs. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. That means treating people who are different the way that you want to be treated. 
It doesn't matter if they sound, look, or think different than you. Treat them the way you want to be treated. Be wise in the way you act toward them. Let your conversation be always full of grace. And that means think before you speak. And so often I know we can say something with good intent, but it comes out the wrong way. It's the wrong tone. That's the one that gets me, the wrong tone. But sometimes we just don't think. We think we're doing the right thing, but really and truly, we're upsetting someone. We're insulting. And why am I bringing this up? I mention it because I want us to remember and I want to remind us of how we speak because we're human and we're flawed. And there's misunderstanding. We must be aware of how we act to react. Uh, how we act and react to the world around us and the people in our, both our church community as well as our neighborly community. You may say, but we have a loving church, one that is filled with love and grace. But the church still isn't perfect. We still make mistakes. 1 Corinthians 11, 17 through 22 reads, in the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat. For you are eating some, for when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. And the idea of this is we strive to be God's church, but even the church in Corinth made mistakes. And Paul is writing to the church saying, I know you've got your, your heart in the right place, but really, you're not doing it right. Be aware of what you're saying. Be aware of what you're doing. Think before you act. To conclude, I want us to look at three things that we've discussed. Heaven will be an eternal, beloved community. And I believe it's our job to give the people around us to a taste of heaven when they come into contact with each one of us. Whether they're colleagues, neighbors, or someone in the grocery store, including those who are bringing the groceries to your car. Heaven is a place not built by hands. It's a place of eternal community fellowship. We must remember that we desire for heaven's community. We must remember that we, we need to practice what heaven's going to be like here on earth. If you get home from work and just stay indoors, let me encourage you to go for a walk in your neighborhood. Maybe wave to those who are mowing their yard. Um, say hi to those who are uh, playing with their kids in their yard. 
If you live alone, studies have shown if you live alone, you have a higher chance of depression because you fail to have that community. Let me encourage you to join a community organization, build relationships, and beat depression through fellowship. Heaven, a place of feasting and no wants. Feasting is the idea of being filled and having no wants. If you have a full stomach, things are good. We are blessed in this country that schools are providing free meals to 18-year-olds and younger because there are so many families with the need and the school system is able to provide food for these families. When you're hungry, it stumps development. It distracts. You can lose your temper a little more. I have a t-shirt from Hoss Ridgeway saying, um, you, don't, you won't like me when I'm hangry, something like that. I can't remember. I wear it. I don't read it. Um, and this idea of when you're hungry, you get angry. Our benevolent program, although the office is um, limiting who comes in and uh, who goes out of the building, we still have our benevolent program up and running. People want to call and uh, say, hey, I need some food. We'll organize a time for food to be collected because food is so important. If you're hungry, you cannot make wise choices. As I said, it affects our mood and nothing can or will go right. Heaven is a place where differences are not feared, scorned, or degraded, but celebrated and recognized as God's ability to carefully create uniqueness. Psalms 139 tells us, for you, are, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them well. So the idea of I've been created in God's image. God has created me the way I need to be. My skin color, my accent, my height, my uh, ailment, um, lack of being able to hear as well as I used to. All this is part of God's plan. I have been created this way by God. And it goes on to say in verse 20, 23, search me and know search me God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God know me. Know me when I I insult somebody unintentionally. Help them realize it wasn't done on purpose. When I give somebody the stink eye for something and I don't do it on purpose, or when I do it on purpose, help them forgive me. We are all different, we are special, and we are unique. We are made with varying skin colors, different ideas, hair color, and some are Republicans, some are Democrats, some are independent. Some want a small house with a big yard. Some people want a big house and a small yard. Some people will never be happy with what they have. 
and others will be content with everything they have. We are different and we are to celebrate these differences. We are not to look at somebody else who has more and go, I wish, be thankful for what God has blessed you with. Our job is to celebrate and recognize God's ability to carefully create uniqueness. I was listening to Peter this morning. I, I remembered a song, an old a cappella song. It's called Jesus is the Ticket to Heaven. And it was kind of catchy, but one of the lines in particular, he says, Jesus is the ticket to heaven. He's already paid the price. And make no mistake, the price to get into heaven is high. It's a, it's a perfect place. And, and you imagine when you go into a nice new house with new carpet, you want to take off your shoes so as not to defile that house. Well, to get into heaven, you have to take off your entire body. You have to be perfectly clean because that's the only way 
heaven, heaven can't tolerate any imperfection. And so a high price has to be paid, and it's one that we can't pay. The Lord has illustrated this to people throughout history. Um, the, in the time of Moses, they, they tried to pay a price with the sacrifice of goats and, and livestock and things like that, but, but that wasn't enough. Even Abraham himself was ordered by God to sacrifice his, his child, his firstborn. And in the last second, he was stopped. But that wasn't enough. And instead, God sent him something else. He sent him a ram that he could sacrifice instead. I don't pretend to understand the, the, the mechanics behind this sacrifice and, and how, that, how that works to cover our sins and to make us clean enough to get into to, um, heaven. But in the end, the only one who was able to, to pay that price was Christ. And we um, remember this and, and celebrate this every, every week, every first day of the week, we take a, um, a bread in remembrance of his body, the only body that was perfect enough that could enter through those doors and through that gate and not defile the place. The only body was Jesus. And it had to be killed so that we could get there. And that's what we remember with the blood. So, so now I, I'm going to um, say a quick prayer for the, uh, for the unleavened bread. And let's, let's together, let's take this in remembrance of, of Jesus' body. Dear Lord, we're so thankful for all that you bless us with. Most of all, Father, we thank you for, for your son. Who you made flesh sent to earth to show us perfection, to show us how to, to resist temptation and that it could be done. He faced the hungers and the pains and the, the abuse that, that we all face in our lives and he responded in perfection. And in the end, that body was, was brutally beaten and punished for our sins. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Let's continue giving thanks for the cup. Lord, we thank you for offering us a way a way to live eternally with you and not and not eternal death I hate Lord that it was so painful of a price that, that but I'm so grateful that you gave your son for the remission of our sins be with us now as we 
take this fruit of the vine in remembrance of his blood that was shed on the cross, covering our sins and making us clean enough to spend eternity with you. For that eternal, wonderful fellowship. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Again, I'd like to encourage you all to be sure to pick up a Karen and Sharing. If you're uh, online, feel free to go to the ljchurch.org website, and you'll be able to find a quick link on the front page there to get to the Karen and Sharing. Um, There are many prayer requests, and we have uh, many things to be keeping up with, as always. Just a few things to be praying for at this time. Uh, We encourage you all to be uh, keeping the Millers and the Moncriefs in your prayers. Uh, This is Jerry and Arlene Miller. Their daughter and son-in-law had uh, a stillborn this week. Uh, Baby Eli was born on Monday, and they, uh, I believe, put him to rest on Thursday. Is that correct? And it's great to have you all here this morning. Many of you are aware of, uh, or many of you are aware already, um, Alan Barger's uh, viewing will be on Thursday, June the 4th, between 5 and 7 and his funeral will be at the gravesite um, Friday, June the 5th, starting at 3 p.m. It's an outdoor uh, service, so they can do some more distancing and more people can be there. Sherman Estes is, a, is at Methodist with a flare-up of his pulmonary fibrosis. And we've had a prayer request for, uh, from the family of Ashley Nesbitt. Um, a member of the family had a baby born prematurely uh, his name is Baby Rhett. I guess Baby isn't the first name, but Rhett is the first name. Um, he was born at 24 weeks, so he's super premature. Personally, I am happy to announce that Daniela Rebecca Hunt, uh, my niece, was born yesterday. Um, it's been a, a prayer answered after many, many years, and so we get to celebrate with my brother uh, JJ and his wife Irina. Who's on your invitation list? Who, who do you want to see in heaven? Let's face it, we want to be feasting at the table with family and friends, with our children and with our parents, sitting on that veranda with the never-ending sunset. So who is going to be there with you? Who's done to be enjoying God's bountiful provision with you? I long for the day where men and women can live in peace without fear of danger or threat. For the day when black and white 
do realize that all lives matter. For the day when there are no rich and no poor, for the day we are completely in heaven's global fellowship. What will you ask Adam and Eve? Moses or Noah? David or Solomon? Peter, Paul, John? Will you reserve a seat for your parents or your children? Will you reserve a seat for your neighbor, the one that plays music till 3 a.m., nice and loud? Are you going to invite them to the table? Inviting them means talking to them now, so they have an introduction to who Jesus is, so that they may be saved to feast at heaven's table. Inviting them means having a community here and now so we may share that community in a much glorious place in heaven by the one who provides an everlasting feast on that veranda. The invitation is open to you. The invitation is open to all who wish to come to heaven's table. Make me new, Lord Jesus, make me new, for it seems that in so many ways I'm not enough like you. Take this weary vessel I have been and mold me once again, take my want to add my thank yous to all those that are here and all of you that are watching and listening. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, one additional announcement is Vicki Wonderlich had to have her port removed in emergency surgery. And then in the second surgery, have another thing called a PIC in, put in place for her to continue her treatment. So let's remember uh, Vicki and Mike as they are continuing uh, in that. Uh, try to be real short. I'd like to make three points try to spend no more than 30 seconds on each one. Um, the first being, uh, I just call it the virus, but we have elected and unelected officials making decisions for us that affect our lives, affect our kids' educations, affect our jobs, affect our incomes, affect our business. And so this ideal of praying for our leaders, sometimes I feel like maybe I was just giving that lip service, but we realize how important it is 
that we do pray for our leaders as they are making these decisions that affect our lives. And so I'd like to encourage each of us to make an extra effort because there is no man or woman on this earth that has the wisdom to know what decisions to make. Do we lock down? When do we open up? How do we open up? Because they would, either, they would need a crystal ball to actually make those decisions. They need God's guidance and wisdom. So this just brings forward the importance of praying for our leaders. The second, I don't know if Peter did his sermon after this week's events, but it was sure very fitting. And I'd like to add my two cents worth that we talk about in heaven, there's going to be all types of people, but it won't matter what your national origin or your skin color or your age or on and on. But do we live that today? We don't have to look around us, folks. How many people in this building right now do you see that's of different origin, national origin, different ethnicity, different skin color? Are we really living that? So I want to call upon each of us to try and make an effort to love everyone. And it's great if you want to put a, a post on Facebook in racism. Great. I'm asking you to do more than that. I'm asking you to see the neighbor down the street that's different from you to get to know them better, to uh, reach out, to uh, just greet people. Arlene has said that since this virus has happened that people are less friendly in the store. You just walk by them, they just act like if I say hi to this person, I'm going to get something. So let's make an effort to try to brighten people's day, every people's day. Let's uh, show love. You know, uh, Dr. King said, probably 40 plus years ago, the most segregated time in America is Sunday morning. And unfortunately, I don't think that has changed much. And we need Dr. King today. This country needs, and the reason we need Dr. King is because he showed love. He didn't try to bring about change through hatred and violence, but yet he preached love and peace to bring about change. Let each one of us try to be a small Dr. King and do that as well. Sorry I'm getting so preachy and so political. The next one's going to get a little <coughs> personal. I just want to make a point. But as it was mentioned, uh, my daughter lost her baby. Uh, my grandson passed away. And when you're a grandparent, it hurts twice. Your loss, and then you see your kids hurting. And so this week I was saying that uh, I wasn't just in the valley of the shadow of death. I was in the valley of death. But I, the point I want to make is knowing that I had people praying for me. And so when someone asks you to pray for them, and you feel like, I'm really just not doing anything. I feel so inadequate. But I realize just how important it is to be praying for people if you can do nothing else. It was of great comfort to me, comfort to, me to know <coughs> excuse me, that numerous people were praying for me. And so praying for one another is a huge, huge thing to know that was going on. So I want to thank each one of you for praying for me during that time. Okay, if you would bow with me in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we just come before you and just thank you for the love you have shown us, for Jesus, for your word. Lord, let us be your servants. Let us be your servants of love. Let us show love to people uh, all around us just by simply saying hello in the store or, or just uh, ringing their doorbell and saying, hi, neighbor, I want to meet you. Uh, Lord, let us just be a light for our community. Lord, let us pray for our leaders. Give them wisdom, Lord. Help them uh, help our country. 
And Lord, during this time of turmoil, we just pray that each one of us can be, uh, once again, your servant of love. Love to people around us. Uh, just let us show love. Lord, we pray for those on, that are sick, that are, are for Vicki, uh, for Sherman. Uh, we just pray for uh, Rhett. Uh, 24 weeks, we just pray that he will, you will heal him, that he will be healthy, that he will grow up into a fine Christian man that, once again, is also a servant of love down the road. Uh, Lord, just thank you for each person here. Uh, just thank you for this congregation, for the fellowship that we have here, uh, and just ask that you would forgive us of our sins, help us to forgive others. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Come and love. 